This time on Holy Ghost Notes. I'm losing my chops. Everything sucks. I don't want to do this. <laughs> I get to play my drums. That's enough. <laughs> Just keep telling yourself that over and over again. <laughs> What's going on? My name is Mac Reiner. I have Tim Anderson, my co-host, and Yo. our special guest today is Mac Garska. You are listening to the Holy Ghost Notes. It's great to be back. Yeah. Matt, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? Quite well. Quite well. A beautiful <laughs> practice day. I get to play drums uh, pretty much all day. That's a good day. Mm, yeah. That is a good day. Man. That are is... you finding that it's harder to play drums all day? as uh, as life goes on <laughs> uh yeah uh, <laughs> that's i need all day is what it is i i need the breaks yeah <laughs> yeah tim how long has it been since you've had a a full day without distraction a full Just, day you can oh you my can gosh play. i can't even remember the last time that happened it's been years yeah <laughs> yeah it's Challenging. I, I used to feel like, I think we've talked about this before, Tim, but I used to feel like, man, I'm working my landscaping job 50 hours a week. I can't imagine not having to work at all and just call drumming my job. Mm-hmm. That's that's all I have to do every day. I, I'm going to be so good at drumming. And then the band went full time and then we started touring <laughs> nine months out of the year. And it's like, <laughs> wait a second. I, I guess, don't get to play drums all day. <laughs> you know, just, in fact, I get to play drums a lot less. Like yeah. Matt and I were just talking on Drummer Hangout. <laughs> Man, being on tour <laughs> is fine. tough. It, that conversation made me realize just how prepared you have to be to get on tour. Um, we just had Matt on my Drummer Hangout before this, and I asked you, Matt, um, how much you practice before a tour. It just made me remember that time on tour with my tour manager where I'm like, I'm stuck. I'm really struggling with this kick pattern. And um, I just need a place to play without a stage and a drum riser and 800 people watching me and playing to the band with a click. I just want to go in a room where no one's watching me and just sit down and work this stuff out at a slower tempo. Um, and after that tour, I realized I'd need to spend more time practicing before a tour because I, I, that really puts a damper on a tour for me, just ruins it. You got to over-prepare for mm-hmm. what's to come. Like, <clears throat> I think, oh, okay, I'm going to be out for three or four weeks. I've got to, you know, be working for three or four weeks ahead of time so that by the mm-hmm. end of the tour, when I get uh, quote-unquote, they call it tour chops, you know, and it's mm-hmm. basically you get really good at the the thing that the one thing that you're doing on stage like the songs you're performing but all the other stuff starts to you know right. it starts to diminish and then mm. one other thing that starts to diminish is maybe the parts that you, that are the really hard parts that you only play for a second or whatever you know you only get mm-hmm. uh, or they're very unique parts so you don't have a lot of parts that are like them man and, that's true yeah, that, that's the stuff that I see deteriorate first. I never thought about it that way. It's like the stuff, so it's not even the stuff that you don't play at all. It's just the stuff that you play very little of yep. that just falls apart. Yeah, and hmm. uh, yeah, one thing that I've kind of realized is like, you know, the pad is, it's not enough, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't quite do it. <laughs> And like nope. even a kick pad too, man. I I can't find a kick pad that like legit feels like a bass drum. Mm. Um, oh really? Have you tried the Black Gibraltar one? I, yeah, I feel like that's, man. De- that, I feel like that's the best there is. Yeah, but it's still not like I don't know. When I ki- I'm kicking with power and like uh, that thing mm. freaking moves. It just it's like mm. a, oh, yeah. boom boom. boom. <laughs> you have to it's bolt like it down. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing like a solid bass drum taking just oof, just taking the yeah. hit, you know, absorbing yeah. it. That's mm. true. They always do move. It's like how has no one invented something that doesn't move when you kick it? I mean, it, it's a fairly small piece, but surely you could find something you could angle out the back and yeah. I don't know. It's just, it would be bass it, drum it, sized. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. Buy this practice pad. It. <laughs> it's like this is That's just a bass drum. A kick drum. 
He's like, yep. <laughs> it's just as loud. <laughs> exactly. Oh yeah, they would. Uh, I used to drive the guys crazy because I'd be like trying to practice in a sprinter or a fifteen passenger van, you know, like even on my leg or whatever. And they're like, dude, like you can't be practicing all the time like this. And I'm like, dude, I got to play animals as leaders stuff. Do you know how hard this stuff is? Like, come on, man. (laughs) It was like, it was constant. They're like, you're going to slow down one day. And I'm like, never. (laughs) But yeah, I slowed down a little bit. Now I'm just like, yeah, I'll practice when I'm home. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Yeah. I actually did that too. I was on tour. Uh, Sorry. I was on a family vacation felt like tour because I have seven siblings. And so growing up, we had a 12 passenger van and we went on a family trip out West and I took my practice pad and my, um, who used to make those metronomes. They probably still do. It's, it's not on a phone. This is going back 20 years, but it was like, you can program the tempo and Task it's got cam. the loud. Yes. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. I had that. And I, yeah. I sat, I sat in the, <laughs> I sat in the back row by myself because no one wanted to be close to me, even though they couldn't escape. And um, I I practiced uh, just on a pad, but to a click without headphones for a lot of that vacation. I cannot believe my family didn't just throw me out. Like, get out of here. Especially because I wasn't even successful. I'm just like, oh, it's just a phase he's going through, you know? Oh, yeah. I remember a family vacation like that where, like, the whole time I was just like, man, this is killing my gains, basically. Like, I, I got to go on vacation with <laughs> with you schmucks. <laughs> and meanwhile, yeah. I'm losing my chops. <laughs> I was, like, freaking out. I'm like, I'm do, doing all this work to build up my facility. <laughs> yeah. And you guys want to lay out in the sun at the beach? <laughs> I'm like, there's work to be done. <laughs> That's right. I'm falling behind because all my comrades at school are practicing right now. Yeah. I, I don't. I don't want to do this. <laughs> you like went Russian there. You like all my comrades, <laughs> my fellow comrades. They will tear me to shreds if I come back <laughs> without the, the chops. <laughs> That's right. I mean, the ag world's pretty similar to the Russian, uh, you know, mafia. <laughs> you went to Berkeley, right, Matt? I did, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was How was a, that? It was incredible. Um, yeah, the, I mean, you know, it changes over the years. And uh, from what I've heard, it's it's not the same as what it was. Mm-hmm. Like when, when I went, it was like a 7 or like 11% acceptance rate. It was like, you know, it was, yeah, it was tough. Um, and now it's like 80 or 80, high 80s or mm-hmm. something. Um, cause they got a skyscraper, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. low key, you know, I helped pay for that. <laughs> so, yeah. oh, I feel like... <laughs> Your name's on the building. It should be. <laughs> it's on the bottom, but it's on the building. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, was, uh, I mean, the professors were incredible. The, the students are incredible too. Um, the, the time I was going there, there was a lot of gospel cats that were just shredding and so i was just shedding with them all the time and you know there's there's latin cats that i was you know learning from um jazz cats um and i I think i was like one of the only metal people there um we started the first metal ensemble there and that's actually yeah that's how i met this guy ivan Ivan Chopik, and he's actually the one that recommended me for, for the Animals as Leaders gig. Really? Oh, wow. That's cool. Yeah, so it's kind of, yeah, if it wasn't for that, then, you know, I wouldn't be where I'm at now, so. That's amazing. Huh. That is. That's, that, that's cool. I, I, have, um, I have a question kind of on the heels of that. So, you've, you've, so when I think of you at Berkeley, 20% acceptance rate, the first thing that pops in my head is pressure. Um, and you, you obviously have a way of dealing with pressure because your job is to perform, and that just comes with the territory. But I'm curious, what, what is one of the most high-pressure scenarios you've ever been in? Um, mine was Zildjian Live, um, where I didn't know I was going to be playing for 75 uh, people with headphones with my mix in their headphones uh, and recorded with 22 cameras, and everyone there was personally invited to be there. Like, they wanted Travis Barker there. They wanted Tony Rooster Jr., um, and I, I was 
I felt so rewarded at the end of it because the pressure was the greatest thing I quite literally have ever faced in my life. And when you do something like that and you actually pull through, um, there's there's no better feeling in the world than something like that. So I'm just curious, based on that idea of highest pressure and then you know ultimate payoff, what what comes to mind for you? Uh, you know, I'm. I guess a neurotic type of individual where I've, <clears throat> I've always kind of been the, the short guy, the, the squeaky guy, you know, in school when I was coming up and I was the underdog. So like, mm. uh, I, but I'm tenacious and like, I've just always been a fighter and, um, people quite literally want to fight me because they're like, you're a little shrimp. Like <laughs> you need to shut your mouth. And I'm just like, <laughs> Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so like I put a lot of pressure on myself honestly I'm one of those people so like every scenario that I was in that I was put in um like coming up as a teenager like my, my I started playing with my dad when I was 12 um oh, wow. and he would be like yelling at me like stop stop rushing st stop dragging <laughs> like right after each other he'll stop me tell him, stop rushing and then like three seconds later he's like stop dragging I'm like yo <laughs> what <laughs> what do you want from me so like i don't know man it, it's it i would say like every new experience the higher i get is like oh, i'm always you know gonna put that pressure on myself mm. um and you just kind of become accustomed to it but um yeah i don't know like it's you know playing Montreal Jazz Fest at the time for me, like I was playing with this this African band. For me, that was the biggest thing that I'd done at that time. I was like 20 and I'm like, you know, nervous as hell, but like you just play play your butt off as much as you can and you over-prepare. That's what I've kind of learned mm -hmm, yeah. is like you over-prepare, but here, here's something that I've learned about that is that sometimes when you're over-preparing, you're you're almost psyching yourself out like okay i need to do all this stuff and it needs to go right and then in the moment you're like what if i haven't you know because that mm -hmm. whole time you've worried and you've feared not accomplishing what you wanted to accomplish and in that mm -hmm. moment you doubt yourself so mm -hmm. one thing that i've learned is that like okay i i do the all that prep as much as i possibly can do but then when it comes time to perform like you just gotta let go of that entirely mm -hmm. and just like do it and be there in the moment and just have a fuck it type of mentality, you know, right, like right. I've, and it's almost like you, you just, it's like that, but it's also like, you know, you just have faith in the work that you've done and you just kind of allow bygones to be bygones and what's going to happen is going to happen and it's a way of surrendering in a way as well but like you're not it's not a it's not a passive process you know yeah not, right. I, I know it's kind of sounds contradictory but like yeah it is a I get it, yeah. it's it's like you know all i can do is the best i can do you know mm -hmm. so i don't know yeah, for, yeah i remember how when i first started like playing this. with animals it was it was it was like that it was very much like you know, we played Music Messe, which is like the European Nam, and okay. So that that for me was like okay, like if I screw this up, like they're not gonna <laughs> hire me again. <laughs> <laughs> I I had a moment like that. Um, we were on the Constellations tour. This is like ten years ago, and we were in Europe. Have you have you guys played those big European metal festivals or just European fests? Yeah, some of them. Yeah. Okay, so we were playing one of those, and, and I had heard that there were 30,000 people um, at our stage, I, I guess for the band before us. Now, presumably, some people would leave, and hopefully some people would, would come, and so I just had this number, 30,000 people. And the song I was going to play that, I was, that was problematic for me um, was Meddler, because it's fairly fast double bass. It's just like a straight run at, I don't know, 180. And in my head, I'm envisioning this massive PA system playing 180 BPM that sounds like popcorn. Uh, and in metal, kick drum is a pretty prominent part of the mix. So I'd I'm say. <laughs> I'm just zoomed in. I'm zoomed in on that. Like I can't even think about anything else. And I'm up there behind the curtain, 
the backdrop, like trying to get comfortable. And I, and I, at the time we had a videographer um, named Brandon who was touring with us and he came up to me and I guess he could tell I was nervous. I don't know why else he would say it, but he came up to me and he said, Matt, you have put in the work at home. Just go play. Hmm. And I just, I stopped practicing, warming up, whatever it was. I stopped, I really, I stopped overthinking, I guess. And I hmm. went out there and I, I trusted my muscle memory. I said, you did this a lot at home when no one was watching. Just go out and trust it and don't think about it. Our muscle memory is incredible. And if I would say one thing that I default to on stage when I'm playing well, um, it's, it's always my muscle memory and it's never overthinking. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, overthinking is definitely a bad way to go. Because it, it yeah. takes you out of the moment, and that's where all the power is. And like, <clears throat> I don't know, just one more thing on kind of like that same concept is like that like you spend all this time preparing, and what are you preparing for? The future. Okay, so you mm. get used to living not in the present. You mm. know, you get used to thinking about yeah. the future, and then the moment comes, and you haven't been practicing living in the moment you know mm. so like i think that's another thing to be conscious of is like you know just putting your focus on on the moment and like not thinking about like right before you go on like what's gonna happen this what's gonna happen that it's like no mm. you're just you're side stage you're chilling all right that's what's happening now that's this moment mm -hmm. okay you get up there and you're the the crowd is powerful they're like yeah all right let's take it in like that's the moment that's great like, advice you know what i'm saying mm -hmm. and you, you just kind of that that's what i'm trying to do because the majority of my screw-ups are because i'm i'm thinking about something else my mind is mm -hmm. elsewhere you know Hmm. Yeah, that is yeah. that is great advice. I'm hearing that advice, and, and I'm I'm thinking about my next tour in Europe. Like that is that's I've never actually thought about that. I I I focus on practicing. I I don't really. I'm not good at being here. I'm thinking about the next thing that's happening. Like there's always mm -hmm. tomorrow. I have another day to get better. Yeah. And then tomorrow comes, and it's like, oh, I have right. another day to get better. It's like a it's like a fail safe for me. Hmm. It's really weird. Never thought about yeah, that. Yeah, which it's funny because it's actually contradictory to what <laughs> most of what we talk about here on this podcast. Right. <laughs> about, you know, living in the moment and I know. Embracing the now. So that's yeah, that's fantastic advice. Mm -hmm. Uh a, a couple episodes we um we talked about five ways to improve your drumming. Which yeah, was, heard it was actually really hard to to narrow that down. But um what what would you say is one major tactic that you use now to continue improving your drumming at the level that you are what's something that maybe you've used for a long time or something that you've recently found that works for you mm. um allowing myself the headspace to get comfortable like playing so like you know if i'm sitting in or something like like tonight i'm going to this jam after and I'm gonna sit in, and <clears throat> instead of being like, okay, I've got to do this or that, it's like, uh, the magic happens whenever you're comfortable, when you're in your element. So like, mm -hmm. for me, like just being patient with yourself, I think that's that's the biggest thing, um, and that kind of translates over to more than just like when you're sitting in and allowing yourself to warm up and get comfortable and be. Be, yeah you know the person that you want to be like you, mm -hmm. you've got to open yourself up to um, allow that to happen um, so you have to be comfortable to do that but like yeah I think patience is also important whenever tackling challenging um, material and mm -hmm. it's important you know prepping for prepping for a tour um, so I would say like a big portion of that is like, you know, there's, there's a level of patience, but then, you know, like, kind of like you were saying, like, oh, I've got another day. I've got another day. You know, I tell myself that too. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, I can still work in the lower percentage, 
you know, only 90% or 95, get it real tight, get it real clean today, you know? And like, it's like, there's a level of like tour chops that are just like, you know, you get, you're out there for a week and you're just blazing for like a week. There's the pressures on and like, you're, you're playing harder. You're, you know, your adrenaline levels are higher than they are definitely at home. So, um, the type of conditioning that that brings is totally different. So Absolutely. I think it's like it's important to to be patient with yourself and a and allow things to kind of naturally absorb into your system. But then there's like a percentage, a lower percentage, where you really got to put the pedal to the metal and like be like, all right, I'm running this full tempo, maybe even past to like really mm-hmm. test myself, or like being mm-hmm. out there, you know, and like sitting in. There's like a level of getting comfortable but then like okay this is the moment where i need to to bring it to push this this is it you know so like in my berkeley days i would i would do all this practicing that was you know perfection work and sometimes i'd get so bogged down with that stuff that i would get in that mindset where i would have a hard time pushing because i wasn't used to like being in the fire you know and that's uh, like Mm -hmm. the sheds that I would go to, that would, I realize, oh shoot, this is, this is a great experience mm. for me because this is totally like the opposite of what I'm usually doing. And it has, right. for that, it's, it has like some novelty value. So I don't, I, in lifting, they call it novel stimulus. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. That is, that's a great answer. I love that, um, <laughs> you know, so far, like everything we've thrown at you has been like what you've come back with is like the mental side of drumming. Mm-hmm. Like I love that so much because it's not like you're just throwing out your cliche. Oh yeah, well I practice single strokes and then double strokes and then <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, this is like it's mental. This whole this thing that we do called yeah. drumming, it's mental, <laughs> right? Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. It man. Starts there. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it takes a lot of effort to be a drummer I don't you know for the non-drummers out there listening it's like you know every day getting physical you know um and yeah I don't know yeah it takes it some mental fortitude starting right out to continue to just do that year after year after year and not get paid mm-hmm. much you know just and just <laughs> yeah. be like yeah that's all right I'm happy yeah <laughs> Pennies on the dollar, that's fine. <laughs> I get to play my drums, that's enough. <laughs> yep, that's right. You just keep telling yourself that over yeah. and over again. <laughs> so so most of uh, our listeners or most of the people listening to this episode, um, they probably know who you are. They know that you're part of Animal as, Animals as Leaders or at the very least know that you're just a, a crazy drummer well known for for your talent um but i'd love to hear a little bit more about you maybe um how you got your start what uh made you fall in love with drums to begin with uh and you know what got you here now and what got you into weightlifting ah <laughs> uh, yes um <laughs> the weightlifting was the guys that was you know uh i mean i don't know i'd lifted weights here and there since I was like 16, but it was always like nothing. It wasn't real dedication. It was just like, I think working out could potentially help my drumming. So I'm going to do it this once this week. Yeah. <laughs> and now I'll eat a protein shake. Yeah. That'll, yeah. that'll do yeah, something. Exactly. It wasn't serious, you know, um, yeah. the guys that they do a lot of CrossFit and there was a there was a time period like in 2015 2016 or 2014 15 where they were going ham and I was trying to do those workouts and like I push and so like mm-hmm. I was basically devastating my system and like not getting a lot of muscle growth out of it like cuz I wasn't eating properly and like not getting a lot of <clears throat> energy from it it was just killing my ability to play the drums because i'd be so freaking sore because i just feel my i do this crazy amount of physical work in a small amount of time just because i'm like that's that's what these guys they're just pushing it that's how crossfit goes you know you just push it like crazy and it just it wasn't working for me um 
but then when I started to kind of do more of the bodybuilding stuff where it's like, no, you go in the gym, you do sets, you have a certain, like, here's your structure. You do 10 to 15 sets of each muscle. You got to do that every week, you know, do a weight that you can do this rep range to eight to 12 reps in. And like, just that sort of thing. That's when I really started making gains and I was like, oh, hmm. okay. And then my buddy was like, dude, stop eating pistachios. And I'm like, why? <laughs> He's like, there's a hell of fat in them. I'm like, there's protein too. He's like, dude, no. That's and then he showed me the macros. You got to eat your body weight and protein. You got to eat half your body weight and fat. And I'm like, oh, I just ate that with like, you know, four handfuls of nuts. And he's like, yeah, dumbass. <laughs> that's why you don't eat nuts. <laughs> so like, I don't know. That That's a weightlifting origin. Um, drums is kind of simpler, I guess. My dad, my dad's a professional guitar player. And uh, hmm. he ended up, um, by, like they, they were selling this music store that he was teaching lessons at. And um, at the time we were broke as hell. Like he was playing guitar for money and mm. teaching. And it was like nothing. We were, you know, in an apartment, you know, asking the neighbors for eggs and milk. And he's like, and he's like, how could, is it possible to buy this? And the, the guy basically like was like, yeah, but you know, had to put it on paperback, which is like, you know, it's just mm. like, you, you, I got your word that you're going to pay this back. And, um, so he bought the music store and, Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, and uh, then, you know, we were just in there all the time because, you know, they you ain't going to pay for a babysitter. So mm -hmm. I'm just <laughs> up in the music store just, <laughs> and I don't know, he's trying to get me playing to play piano and guitar, and it just I wasn't going his way. He's a guitar player. He wanted me to play guitar. It wasn't, sure. it wasn't really taken, and I just, like, found a set of drums and started experimenting and I just like kept doing that and he eventually got me lessons and yeah hmm. I don't know it's awesome it was, it was good for an ADHD boy you know like if you got a <laughs> if you got a young one at home uh, just boys in general they they're just got so much physical energy that they want to explode with so like if you can give them an outlet yeah. like just do it you'll save yourself mm -hmm. a, a huge headache you know, it's mm -hmm. going to be loud, but, you know, they'll sleep better. Yeah. You'll sleep yeah. better. <laughs> right. <laughs> you won't, but they will. Yeah. <laughs> and you hmm, will that's, because of that. <laughs> yeah. That's incredible. Did, did, um, do you know if you're, if the gentleman who sold the, the store to your dad knows the, the story as it is now? Like how the continuation of music has has occurred in your family, how you're playing professionally and, uh, not sure. He, I know that he's got an apple farm, um, wow. like up oh, in really? the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. He's like retired. He's like, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm chilling. That's great. Um, yeah. So pro probably not, but, um, yeah, my dad ended up, he ended up selling a music store. I mean, guitar center and, um, yeah. musician's friend and, uh, Sweetwater, Sweetwater, you know, yeah. that all kind of crushed it for mom and pop shops. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it really has. Man, tough. I I loved growing to uh, to the local drum shop here in Lancaster. Have you ever have you ever played the Chameleon Club? It, it's shut down now. But did you ever play there in Lancaster? So, no. no. OK, so in in town next pretty close to that place was a place called Drums, etc. And it was just a brick and mortar shop and i i loved getting in there i it, it was rare but i went there in a place called dale's drum shop in harrisburg and, and there was nothing like it for me going to that store and just seeing the kits and seeing the symbols and talking to other drummers um this is about the time i was starting the band and um <clears throat> it's a shame that <clears throat> that is something of the past i know that um i personally think Sweetwater does a really good job of handling their customer relations. And if you buy something from them, you get a phone yeah. call, you know, how do you like it? Are you happy with it? Uh, I think they're doing a great job in their capacity, but there's really nothing like that brick and mortar. 
mm-hmm. um, no. uh, experience, <laughs> when especially I, as a kid. When I do clinics and I and I arrive at a drum store that's like an awesome, like I did one here in in Nashville, and there's this place called Forks Drum Shop. There's a there's a bunch Love of them place. actually, yeah. but like, yeah, Fantastic it's like store. man, it's so important that like we still have those brick and mortar shops where people can actually you know, be forced to like have a real conversation with someone that a drummer, they don't know, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And those events too, man, like having clinics is, I think it's incredibly important for the drum community, like pretty much any community having, having some sort of event where people can get together. It's like, Mm -hmm. yeah, though I, I feel like that's getting lost a little bit in, Mm. in the digital age. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. COVID didn't help it at all either. So no, no. definitely not. Yeah, uh, for me, it 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 brought a new appreciation for it. I was like, mm. wow, like th- these, like because I was looking at some. It was like f- a funeral down in New Orleans, and I was like, wow, like it. It was just some old video, and I'm like, holy shit, like people really just swarm together, and like that's that's what humans are doing. Right. Like, yeah. That's kind of what we're meant to do. We're we're community creatures. We're actually meant to be social with each other. Like we don't survive all all on our own. Look at all the cooperation that it takes to make this technology, to make a home, to you know, it, it just all these things. It, it's yeah. it's incredible that you know humans come together as as much as they do. But like sometimes I, I think you know we we think we're isolated in this in this digital age. And oh yeah, we're you know we can all be lone wolves well no mm-hmm. i don't think yeah. so if a solar flare oh, yeah. hits you're gonna find your community real fast <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's funny that you mentioned that because i was actually uh, before we got on here i was thinking about something um i've had a, a few conversations recently with people um and, and these people aren't drummers but they've recognized the the respect and the humility and just the the way that drummers have kind of come together to support each other and like so i was hearing this directly from a guitarist who was like dude like guitarists don't have this like what you guys are talking about and you know the community that you've built between drummers like i don't see that over here on on the other side yeah do you have you experienced <laughs> that and like if so like what do you think it is about drumming that you know, we can kind of just put We're aside. We're better at coordinating. Of, <laughs> perhaps. Coordination, at man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> better at counting and numbers and yeah, yep. <laughs> yeah, and coordinate, coordinating with other people, not just our limbs. You know? Um, yeah. I don't know. I I think like drummers, pat like we have a unique passion for for music because it's not just you know melodic for us it's like there's a lot of character that can be seen in a player like it's it's a lot of things Mm -hmm. built in the one i think Mm -hmm. you know it's it's we play melodically like a saxophone would um minus actual notes pitches um we're physical like no other instrument really is we're and we're because we're moving our movements are like can be like you know like a painter or they can be like fricking Bruce Lee, right. or you know, I don't Depending know. Depending on what genre you're, you in. know what I'm talking about. Like drummers <laughs> yeah, move, like certain guys move a certain way, and it, and it's yeah, like yeah. A, a very particular character. So I don't know. Maybe hmm. maybe it's just that we're got a greater appreciation for different characters or something. I don't know what it is. I think it's just maybe guitar players are a little, they're a little. Uh, <laughs> egotistical is something you know or like a little i don't know no I, this is very true I, I i feel like i get more compliments on my posture than i do on my plane <laughs> i mean it's it's and that's not high that's not hyperbole it's like i i feel like most people that are saying something positive to me i um, think i've said that to you actually <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hope you don't take it the wrong way. I'm not, know, man. I'm not dissing anything else. I'm just like, yo, this I envy this. that posture. Yeah, that straight back. Like, yeah. man, like, do you do yoga? 
<laughs> well, I felt like I had pretty good posture until I took a drum lesson with Dave Elich. And uh and then I and then mm-mm, I don't I was told I don't have great posture anymore. So that, you know, one negative comment just levels all oh, of the positivity man. I heard. He's he's a bit with a curmudgeon, you know, Dave Elich, he's he's a little uh He's a little negative Nelly sometimes. You know, it's very hard to very hard to please him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's built yeah. his career around focusing on the imperfections, right? So he's mm-hmm. inevitably going to be <laughs> picking those out. Yeah, right. yeah, and 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 there, I will say, there's something positive about an instructor like that um, because at at least they're showing you something that has potential to be improved. And I, I, I appreciate that about him because certainly there's no shortage of people telling you that, that you're doing a good job, especially in the drumming community, um, which is obviously not as helpful as someone telling you that you're not. So there's an ebb and flow to that. Um, yeah. but, but I don't know. I've and- gotten a lot of, uh, I've gotten a lot of criti- critiques over my career. I think I bring it out in people. They're like, I want to take you down a notch. <laughs> And like, I'm like, okay, well, like I always listen, you know, I always use that to my advantage. And I was like, yeah, okay. Yeah. You say like, I ain't got pocket like that. Okay. I'm working on pocket now. Like, uh-huh. oh, you, you yeah. say this other guy's got this thing. Like, okay, I'm, I'll work on that. And I, I don't know. Just really? like, so people attitude, critique yeah. you, people are critical of you often. Is that what you're yes. saying? Yes. Yes. Wow. That, yeah. I mean, that online, me. it's different, you know? Um, yeah. You get a lot of positive stuff online. and um, yeah. But, like, yeah, at Berkeley, it's, like, it's a very competitive environment, actually. And, like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, you know, like, people are often, like, I, I believe in myself a lot. And I, I don't know if that just, like, rubs people the wrong way or like, or they feel like, oh, this guy's got an ego or something, but it usually triggers their ego. And they're like, okay, Mm. (laughs) now I, if I take this guy down a notch, you know, then maybe then I can be up a notch, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. sure. I don't know. You're threatening. I I guess. I don't know. Yeah. I, I've, I see, I disagree with that. I, I, I think, I think there's I think there's validity to you know obviously criticizing someone if it's constructive, and it sounds like at Berkeley it, it you know it was obviously uh, you've done a lot. You since can then. make it constructive or not. It like someone yeah. can try to like if it. someone really wants to insult you, they're not going to say something that's not true. They're going to say something that they believe to be true. So like mm. that's that's they're trying to hurt you with the truth mm-hmm. and if you can accept that truth and not just go into defense mode and be like okay maybe you're right maybe that is a that's your perspective and maybe i need to be better so that more people don't have the perspective that i i don't have a nice pocket i got to work on that you know that's something mm-hmm. that i can improve upon and so if as long as you're humbling yourself at the end of the day I feel like you you will get the positive. You make that negative thing into a positive, and maybe mm-hmm. it even drives you to like work on yourself more and be like, okay, mm-hmm. I gotta get better. I'm not, you know. Yeah. This mm-hmm. guy, <laughs> he don't think I'm that great. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I sat in that room with Dave, and um, and I I probably played drums for about. I, I want to say it was a minute, but I think it was less than that. Uh, <laughs> I think it was less than a minute. Wow. It was more like, <laughs> all right, so your posture isn't great, and here's what you're doing with your chin, and wow, you have scar tissue in your elbow. And um, it's it's so weird to me, though, because now I think more about how I'm sitting and my seat height, and I never used to think about it, and I wish that there's something to be said about someone telling you about something you do. And now you think about that thing you do. And at times you wish that you had never been told that because it's now consuming your thought process. Mm. And I, I wish I could go back and change that and be like, all right, so it's good the way it is. Now stop thinking about it because it's an endless cycle to be correcting something um, that you're not sure is, is quite right. I don't know if that makes sense or not. Um, yeah. But it's, it's, it's kind of a curse. It's like I was talking to a drummer in, in the drummer hangout 
maybe a month ago. His name's Colin. And he was saying now when he sits down and plays, he's thinking about a C height. He's thinking about how far away from the kid he's sitting. And I'm the one that introduced it to Drummer Hangout. And it, it just made me think, like, maybe if I had never brought it up, it wouldn't be something he's thinking about. And now he can't stop. And I, I'm kind of the same way. Mm. Yeah. it's. It, I think that's uh, uh, neurotic. That would be... Mm-hmm. classified as like you're inside your own head and you're in a negative thing you're susceptible to a negative thing right um form so of what do you process. so what do you do with that how do you take something that is that's criticism and work on it and then move past it uh i mean you just move past it you just <laughs> You just go ahead and you do that and do that and uh, I don't know I don't have a magical answer I wish I did uh-huh. but it's it's more kind of like yeah you just you it's in your consciousness you allow it to be in your consciousness mm-hmm. but then you have to let go and kind kind of like all the practicing before tour, you do all that mm-hmm. preparation. And then in the moment of actually being on stage, you, you got to kind of let go of all that and mm-hmm. just like do it. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sounds easy. That's not easy for me to do. No, it's not easy. No, it's, it's very yeah. difficult once you're in that. Uh-huh. Um, Cause you, you have to become like basically a master of your own mind. Yeah. Uh, and you have to, be able to truly let go of something and that means usually you you need another focus i think Hmm. exactly you got to focus on the positive you got to focus on you know the aspects of your playing that 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 you love and that you want to bring out and what you think the music calls for and you know what what the people want yeah Mm -hmm. focus on what's in front of you i think maybe that's exactly what you got to do i mean like because there's nothing wrong with figuring out you know seat placement or seat height or how your kit is set up but you just have to leave it there like like once you do it it's like okay mm-hmm. on to the next step the first step is behind me we're not thinking about that anymore it's mm-hmm. done now i'm focusing on practicing and <laughs> however i set this kit up however high my seat is we're sticking with it for the rest of practice. I'm focusing stop on what's thinking. in front of me. You got to yeah. stop thinking. Yeah. <laughs> Don't think, just it's do. Tough, though, that, that's the yeah. Top Gun thing, right? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, just do. Yeah. The just Top Gun it. thing. That's that's that Top Gun thing. <laughs> the Top Gun thing. I don't the know. Shia LaBeouf <laughs> thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I, um, well, it reminds me of, um, <clears throat> when you go through, I, I'd say, one of the more difficult things in my life happened uh, maybe four or five years ago, and it's it's exactly the same, you know, scenario as drumming, where there are people who live in that moment forever, and they never they never get past it, mm-hmm. and their life, their entire life becomes centered around this identity that they take on as a result of that thing, which was I felt like I was falling into that. And in fact, Tim and I. Um, have have gone through that over the last three years with our faith it's been like in the beginning we were cynical and like you know the church sucks we're still, and we're still a little cynical and, <laughs> yeah we we are still very cynical <laughs> but we're less we're less, <laughs> less so <laughs> you're still cynical and um and i and what happened to me was i i was talking to my pastor and he was telling me about a like a mutual friend of ours who passed away when he was around 50 and um he was something happened to him in the church that wasn't great and he just never moved past it and and it was like mm-hmm. usually a part of the conversation that you'd have with him he would he would kind of harp on the church and you know christians and a lot of it you could agree with but it was such an important thing for him that he never moved through and saw the good in the thing itself and he just grouped everything together like this is the way it is it's like well that's a pretty broad stroke and i realized i I guess as a result of that conversation that i I don't want to be 50 which is only 14 years away and be like that and so i i just made a change like you're saying i i just did it i was like stop just just stop writing everything off and move past it and see the good and i I mean tim i think we'd both say it's there's there's so much good that you can find in something 
um, if you don't bake it all into the same cake. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's easy to just let negativity kind of overwhelm you. And I was kind of in the same boat. Like, I just see myself drifting further and further into that negative old man, you know, get off my yard. Yeah. <laughs> Every, <laughs> everything, everything sucks, <laughs> you know. I think and I didn't want to be that. There's some scripture that talks about, like, the light in your eye shining out. And mm-hmm. that, to me, felt like it was symbolism for... Like basically what what you're looking out into the world to see, like are you looking out to see light because mm-hmm. that's what you're gonna see if that if that's what you're looking for um, right. so like and it's like, yeah, you could be like a very cynical person and be like, okay, well, you're just gonna see the world through rose colored glasses, huh well sh- to some degree, yes. It it helps. <laughs> it helps to you know not not necessarily have Ignorance delusions, but <laughs> but like to try to f- find the good and and yeah, try to see right. the good and it, you know it doesn't mean that we ignore the bad. Like if we ignore right. the bad, we let it metastasize, you know, and it it grow cancerous and and mm. eat away at us. Um, mm. So like I don't know. I th- I think it's like a balance of fielding the negative stuff but like being able to recenter yourself and you know maybe just taking time for yourself like sitting on a meditation cushion that yeah. I have in the mm-hmm. living room and just being like okay I'm just gonna think about nothing I'm just gonna breathe and then mm-hmm. I'm gonna reassess and usually mm-hmm. when I do that I'm more willing to see the light you know mm-hmm. so to speak yeah it's like you're re- reconvening with um, you know, God, it's with, it's, mm-hmm. it's within all of us. And if we can get in touch with that, you know, it's going to be better for everybody else. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it will. <laughs> so before we started recording, uh, we talked a little bit about this. Um, and you mentioned that you were, you were raised Catholic and, um, you know, have kind of taken a, a journey since then. Um, because of you know how how um, paths your parents have taken and stuff, so I'm curious to know like um, what is what's faith to you right now? Like what is uh, what does that look like? Um, it's more about like you know like I I go to church rarely, um, mm-hmm. but I still try to go. Um, but honestly, it's it's more interesting to me to kind of read through scripture and try to. Um, see what I can find, what interesting, you know, introspect, I'm a pretty introspective person. So I like to, you know, utilize that scripture to try to see things within myself and, you know, truths in the outside world too. Mm. Um, but you know, for me, it's, it's really about like a spiritual thing, you know, and I, and I, I, I don't know for me, spirit is, it's about this innate thing that you can't, necessarily put into words that you can't necessarily put on to to paper you feel it and you uh you see it in in the world like yeah when your spirits are up you know so to speak like so it, just trying to get in touch with that part of myself that uh sees the good and that um i don't know believes in a good world that you know that God is working through in all sorts of ways that we could not possibly fathom you know mm-hmm. like now we've figured out oh the big bang okay that didn't happen i guess we're looking back and it's like you know time may be infinite but even if the big bang did happen like what force is making that happen like the atheist mm-hmm. has to like question themselves and be like yo at the end of the day what force is making it's some okay it's a simulation okay let's go with that the person that is making that simulation who you say is making the simulation they might as well be god they're so freaking powerful more powerful than you they might as well be god so like <laughs> what better thing do you have to do but figure out the simulation 
like, you're gonna be like, no, I don't, I don't want to play your game, <laughs> simulator. It's like you're in it. <laughs> you're here now. You didn't ask to be. None of us asked to be you're here. Hit it. <laughs> so you're like, in it. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like you know. Yeah, yeah just uh, we're here for you know to. I think enrich each other's lives and to um, be individuals and and go with that because that that's the way God created us to be individuals, but also He created us to work together. And I don't know, that's I guess where I'm at. I'm I'm still I'm figuring you, things out. We're all Matt, figuring it out. To me, <laughs> there's that. definitely a God. There's like no that I've. It's taken me 30 years to figure that out for sure. After you know crazy amounts of introspection and questioning but i i know it now and i feel it yeah you you are a a very articulate person and you've been an amazing guest on this podcast we've had a lot of guests and um it's, it's it's always fun having someone on here and i i really i like having you as uh part of the drumming community and as a friend and uh it's it's important for us to hear each other's perspectives um, on on faith and drumming and everything else. Uh, it's it's really you have a good um, mindset about how to overlook certain things and be introspective, and it's it's all it's all put in a very articulate way. I really appreciate yeah. that. Uh, thank about you. How you explain things? It's, it's I don't great. know, man. I, I'm I feel like I'm one of the worst people at that, but I guess hanging around Tosin has rubbed off on me. That that guy's. <laughs> He's got a lot of $5 words, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So I we appreciate it, man. In, I, I really do. Yeah. Absolutely. We have an, um, uh, a certain amount of people who are part of our uh, community. It's called Inner Circle. And we have an Inner Circle question, I believe. Is that right, Tim? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If, cool. uh, I want to be conscious of your time, but um, oh, uh, we did get, uh, we got a few questions in, but I'm just going to, I'm going to ask you one um, from uh, Paul Pashkos and he's wondering uh, what, what's it, what is it like developing your own cymbals and drumsticks? Can you take us through that a little bit? Uh, it's awesome. Like I definitely feel <laughs> very privileged and honored. Um, you know, part of me is like, yeah, you know, I've worked my butt off 30,000 hours. I, I deserve this in some way. But like at the same time, it's like, you know, uh, the, not everybody that works that hard gets it. So, yeah, um, mm-hmm. it's an honor, first of all. And then after that, it's like, OK, well, you know, am I going to just make some other thing to make some other thing? No, I'm, I want to make it unique, but I also want to yeah. I want to make it for me. It's, it's yeah. partially selfish, you know, cause it's like mm-hmm. people are, they want a piece of me, you know, that's what they're buying it for. And so that's kind of where it starts from with it, with definitely my stick and, and symbols and anything that I make. I'm, I'm not just trying to make whatever. Um, yeah. so like, yeah, my sticks for me are like, I need to be able to bash with them. But I also, you know, there's a lot of intricate stuff that I need to be able to pull off and, and have agility around the kit, too, when I want to solo and all this stuff. So, you yeah. know, it's it's like a, th- a little bit thicker than a 55A, um, but it's a little bit, like, more tapered, and it's got, yeah. like, a teardrop tip. I feel like that, for me, is more connected. Um, yep. Maybe I because agree. I'm short, I don't like the extended, <laughs> you know... Um, extreme 55 a's yeah. or whatever like I, I it's 16 inches that i'm just a short guy that uses short sticks i got the short end of the stick <laughs> um and i don't know yeah each <laughs> each one of my symbols are like um yeah crafted for for what I, for like animals you know it's like yeah. that, that china is like perfect for for metal and for it's like also expressive it's not just a basher you know, mm, yeah. um, I'm coming out with a ride pretty soon with Minel. Nice. An That's equilibrium awesome. ride. And it, you can crash on it. You can like swing on it where like you get nice tip yeah. stick definition. Ooh, I love that. And then it's got a nice bell, man. So like uh, that, that was the hardest one, honestly, out of all of them. That was the biggest pain. Oh, yeah. But like, yeah, it's, it's, it's finding what works, but also like, 
catering it to your own needs. Um, yeah. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's awesome, man. Cool. How many symbols do you have through model? Um, three stacks, a China, oh, wow. some hi-hats, and the ride to come. So I guess six. Wow. Man. That's incredible. Yeah. So yeah, people man, could I'm, literally yeah, have yeah. your symbols solely <laughs> on their kit. Right. <laughs> There's the no crashes series. that I have. That it would be crashless. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so like, a ride. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. That's a thing. I guess. <laughs> Stack instead of a crash. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I have one last question that I want to end off on, and this is just a question of my own. Um, I want to hear what what's your what's your guilty pleasure song or artist at the moment? Um, I don't know. Uh, ooh, I, I promise I'll make fun of you. I could tell you right now, actually. Um, <laughs> I uh, I d- I did this jam. And uh, it's like a Neil Soul jam. And I've been like doing these around town because like, honestly, that's what I like to do. I, I like to play hip hop, Neil mm. Soul, like, yeah. you know, Afrocentric music, like pocket. I, I love playing okay. that because it's like, it's kind of the total opposite of animals. And I've got so many different things um, that I've worked on over the years. That I feel like, I don't know, I, I need to express that stuff too. And yeah. it's, mm-hmm. you know, I can't always get that with, with animals, but um. Uh, okay. What is it? Um, okay. Jaron Blair. Uh, he, he was singing one night and I was like, I'm going to check this guy's music out. You know, he's like, and it's totally open. It's like we jam and it's like, we don't know what we're playing. It's just, wow. Somebody starts it and then we make a song out of it and vocals come in they start doing the thing. Like you kind of feel like you try to have a sixth sense of, like where you need to be and what you need to be doing, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyways, he, he's great. He's got this song. It's called Space Jam. Um, That's cool. <laughs> so like... I'll have to check it out. I've listened to it like... I mean, there's a million two hundred ninety-one thousand plays. I'm, I've listened to it probably, you know, 10,000 of those times in the last like four <laughs> <Yeah>. weeks. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's me. Just, ooh, you remind me of Space Jam. That's like... <laughs> And, like, my girl's like, yo, can you play a different song? Like, any, just something different? Because I got it on loop. I'll just, because I can sing to it. I feel like I'm singing, you know? I feel like I I have a voice. That's good. That's awesome. I'll check that out. That's going to be the intro uh, music for this, Tim. What do you think? (laughs) Not animals. It's going to be this. Dude, well, thank you so much for coming on, man. This is this is a blast, and really, just really appreciate your time. Oh man, thank yeah, you for absolutely. having me. Really, truly, an honor, a pleasure. Fun Good time, combo. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. check out uh, Matt's website. Matt, you want to plug that quick? Yeah, uh, yeah. Just Google Matt Garska, and you know my Shopify will come up. It's got a bunch of lessons on there. Like it's a la carte, basically. You know, um, pretty mm-hmm. cheap. And uh, all sorts of different concepts. I, I got transcriptions on there too, but yeah. Um, Universal function will keep you glued to your kit for a long time. Yes, <laughs> yes, it will. So, so awesome. Check it out. Seriously, there's a lot of terrible drum lessons out there. Um, Davey Lich would agree. <laughs> um, Matt Garska's lessons are great. Check them out. Matt, thanks for being here. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, lot man. Of fun. Yeah. Thanks for, again, guys. All right. Well, I loved that, man. <laughs> I, I, uh, I can't say that I listen to animals as leaders a ton. Um, mm-hmm. I have watched Matt play a number of times, like, you know, videos and, and I'm always just in awe 
I can't fully comprehend what's happening. You know, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I stopped watching with a little mm-hmm. bit of a headache. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but man, the dude is just so chill, so cool. Like, like yeah. well-spoken. Just, you know, he, he thinks a lot through everything, which makes a lot of sense. Like, he, he mentioned, um, you know, while we were talking how um, maybe what's special about the drum community or about drummers in general is that we can, we can kind of see who they are through their playing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's yeah. really true because now mm-hmm. thinking about it after talking to him, you know, I can kind of see a lot about who he is through mm-hmm. listening to him play drums, Absolutely. which is really something to be said. Uh, you know, if we kind of bear our souls on the kit and that mm-hmm. comes through, it's, um, that's pretty, that's pretty special, you know? Yeah, it is. He, he is a very articulate person. And like you said, when he plays drums, you can tell that things are thought out. He's mm-hmm. he's introspective. He is obviously a hard worker. Oh yeah. Um, he's a fighter, like he said in the episode. I I'm impressed by his ability on the kit, and um, I like I like um, knowing that he's a part of the drumming community. Like I said near the end, yeah. I just I just like that we have have drummers that uh, have his personality, where it's like, here's mm-hmm. who I am. And I'm not afraid to say things the way that I see them. And I'm not afraid to push the boundaries in my genre yeah. and um, push myself, you know, outside of that, which makes him who he is. He's, mm-hmm. he's, he is a, a very talented person, but that only goes so far. There's that element, like that X factor. Yeah. Like, are you willing to play knowing you're going to be criticized or knowing you're going to fail or knowing you're not going to be perfect at this thing? That that obviously creates growth. It's difficult to be that kind of person in those kinds of scenarios. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that's what makes him so excellent. It was a conversation that I I think I needed to hear mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways because um, you know, you just have to push past things. You have to push through things. And that that's easy for me to do in other areas of my life. And with drumming, it's never been easy. Uh, it's not ever going to be easy, but it's possible. Right. Um, and it's simple. It's just you have to push through whatever thing is taking up space in your brain and just right. keep keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some, something that stood out to me was how when I asked him about pressure, he, um, he didn't really have one concise example of, of what scenario this was. And what I gathered from our conversation is that he very early on was introduced to music and playing and lessons and practicing. He, he sort of grew up in it. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if it cultivated this, this backbone in a way where he's at Berkeley and he's playing with people who are honest and critical and obviously that's 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 sharpened and honed his abilities yeah. um, but he he doesn't look at one thing and say well you know it's it's this or this like yeah the drum festival is big but you know it's it's just kind of his his life mm-hmm. is one giant um pressure point and uh, there's there's there aren't a lot of people like him on yeah. the kit and and off the kit he's he's a He's an exceptional person. Oh, yeah. Really great guest. I, I really appreciate um, him for coming on this yeah. podcast and talking to Taking us. Taking the time. Yeah, I appreciate it too. Yeah. Have you ever watched the movie um, Whiplash? I have not. Okay. That's on my list. Yeah, you should watch it. It's great. Um, it's not like like I went into it as a drummer being like, oh, it's a movie about drums. I'm going to love this. I didn't actually right. like it that much, <laughs> but yeah. but I appreciate. I really appreciated it. <laughs> Um, and I forget what school, um, they're in, maybe it's, I forget whether it's Berkeley or, or Juilliard or something, that's where it's based. But, um, I, I, uh, I remember talking to, uh, to a couple people who were Berkeley grads. I, a lot of people, a lot of people who graduated from music colleges were like, ah, it's nothing like that. Like, that's not, that's just so, yeah. you know, but then I've talked to a, a, a few people who were like, yeah, that's exactly what it's like. Like the pressure wow. that you go through, and I, I know you don't have context here, but um, if you ever do watch it, it's intense. Like it makes you uncomfortable. Um, I know it's intense. I've I've seen a scene where his hands are bloody. Yeah, 
the instructor is like, keep going mm -hmm. faster, faster. Yeah. I mean, a lot of this was based on this character, you know, um, mm -hmm. and how he approached teaching drums. But, but um, from what I've heard, it's actually in some ways very accurate to the pressure that you face mm -hmm. at a school like this because there's just – you know, uh, similar to what we heard from like Aaron Spears when he's talking about, you know, there's a whole line of people who want my position. You know, it's yeah, same thing. You know, like you're fighting for your for your uh, for your spot. You know, mm -hmm. um, and as Matt said, I mean, an 11 percent acceptance rate. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people who want to be there at that school. The fact that you got in means you gotta, <laughs> you know you gotta you gotta show up you know so yeah, um i have exactly a, i have right. a lot of respect for him um i've i've always had a lot of respect for him but even more so now that i've talked to him spent some time with him you know so uh yeah great great uh great episode i i feel like i i learned a lot and and more than that i, I just feel like i had a really uh really solid refreshing conversation with just a cool person so mm -hmm. i know yeah, thank you, Matt, uh, and thank you for listening. Yeah. Um, if you're interested in supporting our podcast, um, we have a Patreon, um, and we have several tiers that uh, are very helpful to us. You know, regardless of what membership level you're interested in or sign up for, mm -hmm. um, and we'd love to have you be a part of it. it's a great community. Uh, it's Patreon.com/slash/HolyGhostNotes. You can check out theholyghostnotes.com. Follow us on social media accounts. And um, this has been a fantastic episode. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, Matt. Yeah, this is this was awesome. I have one new shout out to a new uh, uh, per, um, new member of our inner circle. So shout out to Isaac Duran. What's uh, up, Isaac? Thank you. For thank you. Yeah. Joining us. Welcome to the family. Uh, it's good to have you. And um, yeah, I think you. I think you all know what time it is. <laughs> It's time for bed. bed. Time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe funny. not for you right now. You could be listening early on in the morning. I know some of you do. But yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you're driving, do not follow that advice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's bedtime <laughs> for us right now. <laughs> That's right. But uh, thanks, Tim. Yeah, thank you all for listening. We love you all, and we'll see you next time. Peace. Peace.